The time has come. Look, if you are listening to this, wherever you're listening to Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to your Full Tilt Dynasty podcast, you missed a heck of an introduction. Uh, for our YouTube subscribers, we go live early, an extra five, ten minutes. Sometimes it's just us talking some shit. Other times, the last couple of times, it's been some strategy talk. Uh, we and, and you get that as a little bonus just for subscribing uh, to YouTube. So you're not going to miss this. Today it was... Uh, you know, rebuilding teams and how to handle it. So you're going to want to check that out. Head to YouTube. Uh, this is the Full Tilt Podcast Network, right? We are presented by the Fantasy Points Media Group. So shout Ooh. out to Fantasy Points. Uh, we absolutely love them over there. And of course, we are partnered up with Underdog Fantasy as well. This is episode 175 of the Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast Network. This is Absolutely nuts, but we're growing. Well, look, we hit over 210 subscribers on YouTube. That number was at about 105 earlier this year. So we're growing. Remember to like, subscribe, review, all that stuff. Get all that stuff out of the way. Uh, if you don't know me by now, I am your host with the most timeless hands. I am Thomas Temple FF. Uh, you should know me by now. And to, uh, you know, on screen, all right here, to my right is my ever uh, pounding the table for as many backup running backs as possible. It is FF underscore RTDB, the king of the streaming running back. Hell uh, yeah, man. What a week. I mean, look, I, I, I'll, I'll just be honest, like b- best week of my entire like dynasty life i mean you've you have known me and played dynasty with me for as long as i started playing dynasty so you can you can you can attest this because uh, this is year four of us playing dynasty together um i mean i don't think that i've ever had like all of my guys perform at the same time so effectively that was actually completely nuts like aj brown was the wide receiver one overall on the week Tony Pollard goes over 30 points. Deontay Foreman goes over 30 points. Like it was just all my dudes. Like Herbert freaking scores touchdown. Dobbs is making acrobatic catches on Sunday football. It was honestly wild. DJ Moore, DJ Moore has a breakout game. Like even the unlikely guys were doing it. So it was honestly so fun. And I mean, there was something in there for everybody. Like it was just such a fun high scoring week that I feel like almost no matter who your favorite players are, no matter who your most rostered players are, you had somebody do something really cool that probably brought brought you some happiness. I, I wish every single Sunday was like that. That was so fun. It was, it was crazy. And I, I even remember tweeting. I was like, I hope everyone's ready for, for Jacob week. Like this is like Jacob week. And I, I tweeted on uh, early. It was either early on Sunday or on Saturday. If Dante Foreman goes for 15 to 18 points, yeah, I was going to lose my damn mind. <laughs> And next thing you know, I'm running around the house just screaming because he scored that third. I could not, but let alone I started him everywhere. Like oh, yeah. I had to put him in the lineup. Uh, Dante Foreman was like my first. I stand for this player. I know you've been you've been a Deontay Foreman truther for so long. And it fun. I got one week, man, and it feels really good. I got back. You get more weeks. I mean, uh, like. Like, I don't know. How do you just, how do you put the genie back in the bottle? Like, I'm sure Chuba will play more than, what was his name? Spencer Brown. Was that the yeah. other running back? Yeah. I don't, didn't know that was a person. Um, I'm sure Chuba will play more than number 41, but uh, I don't, I don't think the foreman is giving that job away, man. Like he's come out, in Atlanta. gave him the Atlanta. job and he rushed for hundred yards immediately. He was awesome last year. I mean, like he, he was really good when he came, he was great at Texas. He showed a lot when he came into the league. Obviously, he had the Achilles. That completely derails his career. But, I mean, last year was the first time that he had a real opportunity, and he balled. And then this year he comes in, and he's balling. He's good. He's just good. 
I, I, I absolutely love it, man. Feel good for him. And like you said, you got Antonio Gibson back from the dead, catching seven passes. Ramondre Stevenson looks like a league winner, uh, whom I also traded a 24-1-4. Shout out Jacob for that one on that uh, discussed home league team where he does not want anyone on his team. And, and I'm still not last in max points. I know. <laughs> well, you held good players for too long. I think that was it. <laughs> Um, hey, it's crazy. We're going to get to trades rigged. Shout out to you. We got Lucas in the chat uh, too because he doesn't know how to take a night off. Uh, though watching the, what is it, Bachelor in Paradise. So shout out to you still finding time for us. Where do you guys rank Claypool now? We're going to talk about that trade. We're going to talk about all the trades. Uh, oh, yeah. Carolina Atlanta game was insane. Game of that the year. Ridiculous. DJ, DJ it, Moore was framed. I was crying for DJ Moore when he dropped that pass. I was like, not like this. Like I even uh, at Cam's not sober. Someone we talked, we both talked to quite a bit, and I said like, Cam uh, uh, DJ Moore is the best, almost great receiver in the league. Good, and then he does one boneheaded thing. Like he has a, it seems like he has like a really bad play. He he got all. He made the he made the catch of the year, and then he Uh, went off the field. And no, 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 not that. I'm not even talking about off. that. I'm talking oh, about the okay. huge drop. Like, he had oh, that huge yeah, drop yeah, on third and long. And you're like, oh, man, this guy, like, he had 14. I think he had 14.7 points. It's like, oh, man, this guy is always so close to being so good. And then he, the, the throw, the catch, it was, it was oh, unbelievable. That was the longest Easily. completion in the next gen stats era from PJ Walker. I mean, what a week. A guy that had only hit 200 yeah. yards Since passing NFL one other time in his career. Been tracking the NFL. That is the longest completion. That I did not know that. That's absolutely sick. Um, yeah, look, or like, was, like longest and uh, sorry to be clear, like obviously not the longest complete, like the longest air yard completion, like in terms yeah, of where it was released, and where you. it was caught. Yeah. You know what? One of my other favorite stats was somebody. Uh, somebody had posted that this was Jimmy Garoppolo's. Like it took how long to complete a pass? in the air for 30 yards. It was like 52 games as a 49er and Christian McCaffrey did it in the first game. Just, it was just absolutely wild. Uh, it was just oh, a, a cra- Christian McCaffrey gets the football of a, a, a version of the Gordy Howe hat trick. Yeah. That was no, is a goal and assist and a fight this is a passing rushing and receiving touchdown. The receiving touchdown was by accident. He was like, nah, there's nothing here. I'm just going to run straight. And Garoppolo finally did the right thing and just threw it there. It is absolutely crazy. I've been eating L's on my timeline. About I'm very happy for your already. sake that you pivoted your, your bad CMC take into a good CMC I did. Take. No, I pivoted the next day. Like, I pivoted yeah, the good. next day. I had, potted, I had done four pods. I had done seven tweets. I had made three trades or four trades for Christian McCaffrey, but that one tweet I made was the one that got circulated. And I just, I just posted all of my uh, rebuttals to how I changed it and the dates. I mean, that's it. It is what it is, man. It's, you know, yeah, you say stupid shit sometimes when you're tilting on the internet, but Hey, there's lots of news. There's lots of notes. We're going to get to the, like I said, we're going to get to the trades, but first, I want to take a quick break because you've been hearing my voice probably a little too much. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to play a clip from the Full Tilt Debbie show. That was last Wednesday, which will be tomorrow once again. And we come back. We're going to play not in my league. So sit, sit tight for that. Here's a clip from last week's episode. I think I finally figured out why everyone loves Will Levis. And if you look at the profiles with him and Josh Allen, they're so they're very close to identical. Will Levis actually, you know, probably have the edge uh, in the accuracy department. He definitely does. So I think that people actually think that he's going to be Josh Allen. 
Uh, it worked for Josh Allen. Uh, he's this big 6'3", 6'4", 240-pound quarterback. Uh, and I think they just think Will Levis fits that archetype of this guy who's big. He's got the rushing upside. Um, but to me, that's such a huge gamble. And I feel sorry for whatever franchise buys that lotto ticket thinking that that's going to happen. Uh, he, in my mind, he doesn't set himself apart from any of these other QBs in the 23 class. He's just, he does things all right, you know. Um, I'm going to be watching intently on Saturday when they take on Lucas's volunteers because I think that game is going to have extreme draft implications. Oh, boy, boy, boy that I enjoy watching uh, Mr. William Levis on Saturday against <laughs> Lucas and nine <laughs> Tennessee volunteers. Uh, uh, number one. The number one Tennessee number one. volunteers. Number one. My favorite, uh, my, my favorite Will Levis tweet after that game. I wish that I had it pulled up so I could say the correct stats, but there was like there was like some SEC network tweet or something that was like Hen and Hooker or Will Levis have combined for like 40 touchdowns and six interceptions or something. But it was like Hooker had one and Levis had five. And then the Tennessee fans were like mad and trolling online. And then after the game, they were like, Hen and Hooker and Will Levis combined for like 400 passing yards, uh, three touchdowns and three interceptions tonight. It was like all Hooker. It was like all the yards and touchdowns. And Levis was just phenomenal. That's such a great troll job. And uh, what, what an awesome game it's going to be this weekend. Um, I don't know why they had to be cowards and not rank Georgia two so that we uh, couldn't get the game of the century tag. Um, instead, it has to be one versus three, which is just yeah. ridiculous and a well, missed man. opportunity for marketing, but it's going to be very fun. Michigan below Clemson, too. Just absolutely insane. And guess what? That's a little more college football talk than you would normally get. But guess what? With the Full Tilt Devi show, I have been learning and following along with more college football. You should definitely be tuning into that on Wednesdays and be checking in the recap as well that Andy puts out at the beginning of every week. Because college football is a hell of a good time. Uh, I'm loving it. Uh, being in one Devi league has completely changed things. Look, we like to play this game called Not In My League, uh, where we basically select each selected player each week that's under 50% rostered in Yahoo leagues. So I understand the point is, is that I get it. You're all too sharp for these players to be on your waiver wire. That's not for you. This is just what's out there right now in Yahoo. And I get it. It wouldn't happen in my league. That's the whole point. Uh, we made this game for you, um, <laughs> but this is how it's going to go. I am going to, we, we each picked a player and there'll be blind bid on each player and the winner of that player, whichever we all have to drop one. We roster three guys. We'll explain at the end of the year. We tally a total. It's, it's a great time so far. I'm getting my ass oh, yeah. kicked, but it's great. So I'm going to name a player. We're going to hit a drum roll and we will, uh, Jacob will announce uh, who wins it. So the first player that was put up on uh, for waiver claim was Mr. Donta Foreman and the winner of Donta Foreman is this guy right here. This guy right oh, here got Donta Foreman man. for six dollar Roonies. Donta Foreman Oof. for six dollar Roonies. I have now dropped Latavius Murray, who's one of 17 starting running backs for the Denver Broncos. Oh, uh, so I will be adding Donta Foreman to uh, my team of Garrett Wilson and Kenneth Walker, my first place team in this particular game, certainly so, not so the other game we play, of Garrett Wilson. Uh, Deontay Foreman and Kenneth Walker. <laughs> Who's the next one? Uh, okay, next up we have Naeem Hines, the new Buffalo Bills running back. The winner is 
for two dollars it goes to you you want any minds you want any minds the new member of the buffalo bills yes you're dropping tyler algier who got he yes. got you on the board last week he got a big game last week but his time has now come with patterson presumably coming back trade him and, away and right uh, he will now take a seat on the gus bus alongside george pickens your team is now Hines, gus edwards and george pickens and who's the last waiver option Guys, this week? please go trade Algier for a second yeah, round you pick while get, you can right now. Uh, the next the round. next player in this in not in my league is a wide receiver who get might get a little bit of a bump with TJ Hawkinson uh shipping town. Uh Khalif Raymond, the winner of Mr. Raymond in Detroit is nobody. <laughs> nobody bid on Khalif Raymond. Just kidding. You technically did bid on Khalif Raymond, but right. uh, you stated to me that the nature of your waiver priority was such that you would be taking maximum one player this week. I yes. did not bid on Khalif Raymond. Billy did not bid on Khalif Raymond. Um, so nobody gets Khalif Raymond. For reference, Billy's team stands at Khalil Herbert, who got on the board last week. Justin Fields also hit last week and Isaiah Pacheco. So uh, as it currently stands, I'm up top, followed by Billy, followed by Tom. Um, but we got a lot of hits last week. We had uh, Garrett Wilson uh, hit in the top 24, Kenneth Walker barely making it into the top 24, Tyler Algier, top 24 running back, and then Billy gets the double with Fields, the top 12 quarterback, and Billy gets Herbert as a top 24 running back. What, what, and talk about impressive, Khalil Herbert is a top 24 running back on the year, despite starting one game, which is yeah. which is pretty crazy. He's just been balling. And he's sixth it's in the crazy. NFL in rushing yards as a backup running back. It's insane. It's absolutely nuts that they still feed Montgomery. Uh, Ray, we're, we're going to get, we'll get to Latavius Murray when we get to the trades. Look, uh, that'll conclude uh, not my league. We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we are going to get into the trade deadline. We are going to do our player picks towards oh, yeah. the end because it's just the two of us. I'll just quickly read off Billy's picks, even though he's in the league. He's not here, so fuck him. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> uh, he doesn't get a say. So I'll quickly read through his. Jake and Ryle will break ours down. We'll head to that at the end. We want to get to the real meat uh, of, of the old episode here. So sit tight. Here's another You're clip. And uh, we'll be right back. You'd be out of your mind if you just said, like, oh, I'm out on Quinn Ewers right now because of that one game. I agree with that. Like, I'm not out by any yeah. means. But, like, he he was definitely moving up into that top tier. I never had him in that top tier. Like, people wanted him to be, uh, or at least some people. But he's dropped from that and not already being in the top tier. Uh, so, like, I, I, I'm not out. He's fine. Like, he's still in that, like, playable, you know, like, draftable kind of player. But I need to see a, a bounce back here or else it's going to be not great. Now, I will say, compared to his uh, counterpart, that, you know, when he was when he was out, like, he is helping the Xavier Worthies, the Jatavian Sanders. Like, he's actually helping those players more, like, by hitting them. But, man, that, that was a rough game. Rough game or not, Quinn Ewers is an absolute baller. He's a baller. He's a straight-up baller. Yeah, I'm excited right. for 2024. Him and Caleb, that'll be fun. Oh, just unbelievable. Uh, I drafted Alger late in my main yeah. league. I mean, he's paid off. off. <laughs> he's he paid off, right? You got a month. Um, you got a month as a starting running back. I mean, this no, that's what I think about Alger. Honestly, um, yeah, I think that realistically he had a month-long opportunity to pull away from Caleb Huntley. And, and he didn't really, he didn't in terms of volume. He didn't really in terms of efficiency. Um, 
he ultimately was was not providing so much value that they were like, oh, we need to make this guy the workhorse, right? They used yeah. him as the plurality back of a three-person committee. I'm sure he's still going to be involved when Cordero Patterson comes back. But, you know, it's going to be Patterson's show there, getting the high-value touches. And then, uh, you know, we'll see Algier and Caleb Huntley might mix in. I, I think that when you're looking at Algier, right, we're talking about a day three running back. Like, there's really two paths to paying off for day three running back. He kind of did it already, right? You get a month yep. where he gets to be the lead back. That's awesome. That's honestly, quite frankly, like probably worth a round three rookie pick, like the four weeks that you already got. So that's good enough. But yeah, I would trade him. I mean, trade him for, for even another round three pick if you really have to, because he's going to be back at this point. He didn't, he, he was fine, but he did not show enough, in my opinion, to where Atlanta, where if Arthur Smith is back there next year, and it looks like he will be, he obviously wants to run the piss out of the football, quite quite literally. <laughs> um, like they're going to be investing in running back next year. I, I trading think, for you know, Derrick Henry. They're trading would, for Derrick Henry. Right. Like I think they're going to, with this free agency class and this draft class, right? Like we're talking about this, like these are the free agents available in Atlanta couldn't do anything this year because they've been cap strapped for the last couple of years eating up bad contracts but they're gonna have a little bit more room to maneuver coming forward i mean we're talking about saquon barkley as a free agent running back we're talking about kareem hunt miles sanders tony pollard you know we're gonna see what happens with zeke and aaron jones they might even hit potentially even a delvin cook or a joe mixon you, you never know and then we're talking about all these 2023 running backs tyler algier is not making it out of this offseason alive as a lead back no. there's just no chance so uh, yeah, I'm, I would be very happy to move Algier. If you can do something like a 23-3 in Algier for a 24-2, uh, that I'd even oh, be pretty uh, down with. Smash. And there's somebody out there that's willing to trade you a second for Algier. You just got to go looking. Uh, that's it. And then we got God Stevenson, too. Traded Fournette for Curtis Samuel and James Cook. Guess what? We're going to talk James Cook because it's a sad day. It's a sad, it's a sad day for people uh, like me who really like James Cook. James Cook had his bucket. Let's talk about that trade right now. Yeah, let's start there because we're going to yeah, go through. So let's, let's go the, with that. The Bills, the Bills ever, they're, they're never-ending search to find a, a safety deposit box for their dump-offs that they don't throw. Uh, right. Continues. Can we just start there? Is yeah. it not like really weird that so, the Bills are so obsessed with this specific type of running back? Like, so it's been pretty much confirmed. Like it's been per- confirmed by Travis Etienne himself that the bills were like, we are drafting you when we're on the clock. Yep. And then he of course went to Jacksonville. So they were going to take him. Um, and he was generally viewed as the pass catching option of the elite three in that draft class. Yep. Yeah. I'm sure he probably would have been used a lot more than how they're going to use Naeem Hines, but you know, that was certainly part of what they wanted to do. They end up, just rolling with Singletary last year did not perform particularly well in the passing game, although he performed pretty well in the running game. And this year, then they come into this offseason season. They're like, okay, we need this. There yeah. are some rumors out there. They're poking around McCaffrey and Barkley earlier in the year. You know, who knows how much truth of that, but we know they wanted to sign JD McKissick. They basically agreed to terms with JD McKissick. He then uh, decides to spurn them at the altar, goes back to Washington. Terrible career they, move. Then Terrible they force a pick move. on James Cook in round two. And you know what? I think like, I like James Cook, like as a football player, I didn't like where he was drafted. I think he's a cool football player. I think he's interesting. I think that he got, a, he didn't get a fair shake. Really bizarre draft pick. Like they took him, earlier than really anybody was anticipating him going no other running back goes after him until the third round compensatory selections uh, and he was really undersized so people so they go and overdraft james cook and then they never give him a real opportunity like i'm i'm not a james cook guy but i'll be the first to say like james cook was done dirty like they they decided yeah. that they wanted this role and then they went and replaced him in this role 
presumably, without really giving him any chance to play it. Like all he really got to do was play some garbage time against Green Bay and some garbage time against Tennessee. He looked great whenever he had the opportunity, but they never had let him have that real satellite passing down role. So do they do it with Hines? Like I kind of, it's so weird because they keep being so insistent on getting Singletary out of that role, but then they never use any of their other backs in that role. Like they just keep bringing in contenders for it. And they're like, yeah, we'll just stick with Singletary. It's, it's really strange. It's like a, a person who is like, I'm going to set this new workout plan. And they like buy a membership to a gym and then they like don't work out. But then they're like, okay, I'll just buy a membership to a different gym. It's the gym yeah. is that's the yeah. issue. And they're like, then they still don't work out. And they're like, okay, fine. I'll buy an elliptical. Right. And then they never use the elliptical and then they buy the, the Peloton and they never use the Peloton. It's like, maybe it's you, right? Maybe it's you bills. Maybe you just want to keep playing Devin Singletary, no matter how many other running backs you bring in. Maybe it's you. Uh, it's strange, but I don't know. I think, James Cook. I mean, I'm going to be sending out some offers because yeah, he still has like a little should. bit outside. And like, I saw him literally get traded for Jermichael Hasty. Um, so I, I would be willing to send out some extreme low ball offers for James Cook. I'd offer Tyler Algier for James Cook. I would do yes. that actually. Uh, and here's, here's why I think it's weird. They sent Zach Moss the other way. Yeah. I think it's hilarious. So I'm, sure that was, I'm sure that got the deal over the line. I guarantee you Chris Powder's like, oh, I don't know. I won't do it. Give me Zach Moss on line two. <laughs> enjoy Jeez. enjoy enjoy zach moss and indy uh jacob i know how much you're gonna love that but one thing i will say is i don't know if they bring singletary back so that's that's where you look at someone like james cook in this like neem hines is on the team his contract was ridiculous when the Colts signed him he's attached to the bills now unless they just let him go uh, i'm not a contract expert but i'm pretty sure that contract carries over so neem hines it? is what's that which is this for Heinz? Yes. Heinz, so, you, can get, you can get it out of Heinz for very little dead cat money after this year. if they Okay. Want. So it, do they bring Singletary back? Do they bring Heinz back? Is James Cook the last back standing at that point? They just signed Saquon Barkley. I mean, pots, again, anything, again, an offseason is an offseason, but this is why yeah. you go and you send low ball offers for a player who just absolutely got crushed. I've acquired some Sky Moore. I've acquired some Kadarius Tony. Uh, uh, Kadarius Tony is a trade we're going to talk about because we didn't get a chance to last week because uh, it happened mm-hmm. after our show. Yeah. But it wasn't a trade deadline, but I still want to talk about it because apparently he's the next Tyreek Hill, and I'm just I'm kind of overhearing trade that. Trade deadline adjacent, at least. Yeah, exactly. It's it's relative anyway. It fits a trade deadline circumference. Yeah. Um, Oh, here you go. Jacob, why do you think Algier has low value in Atlanta when coach is going to run all day, every day? He's still very good use in the flex, correct? Question. I mean, I I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I don't like have you I don't know, have you enjoyed starting Caleb Huntley every week? Like I think you can put him in the flex, I guess. But I mean, he's basically just been a flex play currently, and Patterson hasn't been there. Like Patterson's gonna be the one getting the high value touches, right? He's gonna be playing most of the goal line roles. So, like, do I think Algier will still get 10 to 12 carries every week between the 20s? Probably. Can you flex that? Sure. But is that like providing any value over replacement? Like not not a ton. So, so I'm not saying I'm not saying drop them, but I, I just I wouldn't be I, I wouldn't be like excited to put 10 to 12 carries, probably limited pass downs, limited goal line work in, in my flex. So I don't even know if they'll get that. I mean, maybe maybe they'll split it three ways with Huntley and Pat. Yeah, here's why I I wouldn't even if you look at just Tyler Algiers' uh, season: RB 58, 57, 25, 56, 39, 27, and then RB 13. His best game, and that that was saved on a reception, uh, a little dump off that he very slowly rumbled uh, into the end zone for, and it completely saved his week. 
I think that there are receivers out there that you can play on a week. You can go play Dem- uh, Demarcus Robinson and end up with a, a better week than than Algier right now. And he's a day three back. We the story behind day three backs is it's forever told and it's forever true. And we just think he's going to get uh, replaced. If you're using him in the flex right now, it might be time to start acquiring first round picks for. And he's, and he's been mid. Like he's he's at zero point zero eight rush yards over expectation for attempt um so like basically directly average like to me if i'm if i'm looking at a day three back that i want to invest in especially one that doesn't look locked into like a lead role going forward i want them to be special right like i want them to at least be like a a damian pierce or a mondre stevenson where they're laying claim to a job and elevating their stature right he's he's not even pulling away from caleb huntley so i'm i'm not like I said, I wouldn't, I mean, I don't know if you want to keep him over a third, that, that's fine. But if, if you can use him to get into round two pick range, I, I would definitely do so. I don't think he's a asset that's irreplaceable. Algier is a plotter. Uh, it's just what he is. Like, I'm sorry. It's just from everything that we've seen, he's a plotter. Uh, again, his yards over expected everything about him. Everyone looks really fast when there's no one around him to tackle him. Uh, it's just, it's just the, the lay of the land, but uh, just real quick for Aneem Hines, uh, are you playing him every week in a flex spot? Let's say Probably not. Uh, I would agree. I would agree. I think, I think, I think more than likely with how they deploy him, this is worse for him than uh, what was waiting for him in Indy. Uh, you know trade number weird though, like, what? you know, be a really fun offense is if I don't wish any ill will on him, but if they if Singletary got hurt and they had to play Hines and Cook as their only running backs, like, would they ever run? I don't think so. I think they. <laughs> They I guess barely, Josh Allen would run. They exactly. They barely run now. Uh, only two quarterbacks lead the team in rushing. I right? mean, the and, smallest and backfield in the entire NFL. Josh Allen. It's just how it is. Uh, next trade I kind of want to talk about. It. We can hit on it really quick. Yeah. Is the Jacksonville Jaguars acquiring Calvin Ridley? Oh, I love that. Yeah. I want to. I want to talk about this one and why. Like, I get it. So I remember when Calvin Ridley was this hot button topic on the bird app and uh, in our little, in our group here, even on this program talking about Calvin Ridley's a top, whatever, 15 top 12 wide receiver. And I went, nah, bro, I don't think he is. And I don't think he's going to come back off a year off, go to Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence. And all of a sudden just completely blow up once again, Uh, Trevor Lawrence might not be good. I think that that's something to, to, to very much look for. He's inconsistent. He's not – we don't know what he is, but we know he likes to throw to the slot. Uh, Calvin Ridley's yeah. not coming in and playing the slot on this team, and he's not exactly a deep burner. Um, no, he's not. He's a possession guy. He's not a yards after the catch guy. He's not a dynamic guy. Exactly. So I need think, an outside receiver. Like they're, they're not keeping up with the Joneses. No. <laughs> Zay and Marvin are not getting it done. I think Zay will still be there. I don't think Marvin might, but I think this is this is going to be a very weird offense for him to be around in the instant elite status for Calvin Ridley, like I am seeing. Ah, oh, they freed Ridley. Ridley's not even free from himself right now. Like he's not even free from his own suspension. So we can't really know what's going to happen. My question to you is, how much are you acquiring, if? at all because i know uh, you injured old and suspended yeah, exactly. Those are, that's like the not even old people keep saying he's old he's like 27 uh he will be i believe he'll be 28 when he plays yeah he'll be 28 when he plays he's not like people, people the way people talk about him it's like he's one step from the retirement well because, well because he came out when he was 370 that's true so. um he's, he's actually still going to be playing on his rookie contract which is a crazy thing because he came out very old and then his year doesn't toll because he was suspended for the full year so he'll be 
he'll be on his rookie contract at age 27. It's like Brandon Whedon or Najee Harris. Um, no, so I think Calvin Ridley is is definitely an. He's a guy. I'm honestly kind of bummed that he got traded. I didn't think that he was going to get traded till the off season. Me either. Um, and so I like every week. I literally am like, man, I need to just start making some universal Calvin Ridley offers. You know, either just like offer some second round picks out there, or more realistically, what I was hoping to do is just use him essentially as like the second round pick type return for you know any veteran wide receiver that I wanted to sell certain teams that had Calvin Ridley. Um, but every week I'm just like, yeah, I'll do that next week. I got time. You know, I, I got the whole off season. Uh, no, no, I don't. So that those days are over. Um, I'm probably going to be in a holding pattern with Ridley for now because I don't want to send a one for him. And I think right now people are going to be pretty excited about his prospects. And so I don't imagine that you're going to be able to get him at round two value at this moment. So I think probably the move with Ridley, if you're looking to acquire, in my opinion, is just let it sit for a couple weeks. If somebody like puts them on the block or whatever, maybe reach out and have a chat with them. But otherwise, I would let it sit for a couple weeks and then reach out to the competitive teams that have Ridley and, you know, see what they need, offer them something that they could use for their team to win this year. Maybe get Ridley in return. Maybe that's how you get them at that below round one pick value. I think if you just hit up somebody who's been sitting on Ridley, I mean, I had this happen to me in a league. I've been, I literally traded this guy for Ridley in like March um, or whatever it was that he got suspended. I, I probably did the trade a week later. I gave him my 23 second for Ridley like that day. He reaches back out today. He offers me Russell Gage, Bennett Skaronic, and Mac Hollins for Ridley. I'm like, I bought Ridley from you. I'm like, I bought Ridley from you after he had already been suspended. Like now he already has a new home. Like I'm I'm happy. Like I'm not looking, I'm I'm quite pleased so far with the return on my investment. I'm not looking to sell now for a bunch of dudes. So yeah, I, I would say like look what the person paid right? Don't offer them less than what they paid for. Whatever somebody bought him for or where they drafted him in the spring, they probably like him more today than they did then. It's It's been good news that he has value around the league and that he's playing. He's not Will Fuller. So uh, I, I think that it's it's a good spot for him. He's playing with a potential quarterback that can grow. There's nobody in this wide receiver room that is particularly imposing. I mean, Christian Kirk's always really been a better number two supporting wide receiver. The interesting thing with this offense, like you kind of mentioned, is that all their best players like don't play X. Like it's kind of weird that yeah. you get this offense where like Kirk is a slot wide receiver, Ridley's a flanker. Uh, you know, Engram, if he's still there, is gonna be the tight end and ETN's a running back. Like that's all their offensive weapons. Their X wide receiver is probably Zay Jones, but he's not really gonna be a big factor, I don't imagine, in the offense, which is kind of a, a crazy setup. And Doug Peterson's used a traditional X uh, X receiver in the past. So we're we'll yeah, yeah, exactly. So but uh, rigged. Uh, I love that move for Wrigley. He's going to show out in a Jags uniform. He could boom. What is his boom though? Because his only boom year, he was the wide receiver four points per game. That is elite. He had nine touchdowns. He was wide receiver 26 and 18 in his first two years. That's with 93 targets. We expect that probably going to hit well over 100 targets, you'd suspect. It's going to be his first year coming back from suspension on a new team and a new system. I mean, he was averaging 14.2 points per game, which was his third best in the first five games that he played. But he remember, was really, that was because was of early in the year. On fantasy points, like under expectations. Because I, I remember last year, Ridley yeah. was like kind of doing the CD Lamb thing where we were like, this guy never earned enough targets. Now he's earning all the targets, but he's not converting at the fantasy points. And like, yeah. I mean, maybe it was just because his mind was elsewhere and he wasn't like making those plays at the catch point or something. But um, 
he was he was earning volume last year. To, so I, I agree. Know, I, I'm pretty optimistic on about a Matt, on a Matt Ryan pass heavy team. So hopefully Trevor Lawrence can be this year with garbage receivers. Correct. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I like the move for him because obviously the better situation than playing for Arthur Smith, like dear God. And he doesn't have Drake London and Kyle Pitts to compete with. So obviously this is a, a good for him. I just, I, I'm, I'm going to make trade offers, but I'm hesitant to do the, he's been released. He's freed. He's a top tier wide receiver immediately. Cause again, yeah. the talent rolling over in from 2023, plus some second year wide receiver, like it's going to be a mix receivers already the hardest like position to rank at this point. I just think that it's going to get even messier. So I'm definitely, like you said, willing to put out some uh, low ball offers. Can we talk about, uh, we're going to move on. Can we talk about a player that I was not in on all off season and I got laughed at by nerd Twitter, Chase Edmonds, a Bronco. Uh, when Chase Evans went to Miami, I know you specifically. Yeah, uh, I like Chase you specifically, it was Chase Edmonds' season. At first, it was he changed his number, adjust the ranks. Then he took a picture with the red visor. I was oh, sick. Adjust the ranks. Really good. And he, he doesn't produce. He gets I think if he stole the red visor, he would have been better this year. I, maybe. maybe. I, I, visor changes, helmet changes, who knows. But now, then he, then he signs in Miami, and everyone's like, oh, Chase Edmonds is the back. And then he gets dusted by uh, Raheem Mostert. Yes. And now he's on the Broncos. So. And now we get to rotate Melvin Gordon, Latavius Murray, and uh, uh, Chase Edmonds. This yeah, is this will be mess. quick. George, George Payton came out and said that they're going to be running a co-starter committee of Melvin Gordon and Latavius Murray on early downs and that Chase Edmonds will be playing passing downs. Um so basically, they're going to go back to how it was before Boone went on IR. So Edmonds is going to play the Boone role, uh, which is not enough to start, but it's enough to make the others not very startable. Yes, it's going uh, to be then, annoying and gross. Like, right. So like basically, once it got down to a two-man the last couple of weeks, it's been kind of nice because like Latavius has been mainly the guy getting the carries, but Melvin still gets enough carries, and then he gets all of the passing down work. And it's kind of like the saddest – like dustiest chub hunt-esque split imaginable yeah. um but now it's just totally like it's you can't i don't think you can play any denver back like because at this point no it's Evans is gonna have like two or three targets a game he's useless and then you're you're just saying okay which of melvin or latavius falls in the end zone this week because otherwise they're gonna have 10 carries for 40 yards yeah i think it's disgusting girl so i just wanted to take this moment to shine this giant w on my chase edmund take i'm gonna do that and this is the last thing I'm going to say on Calvin Ridley. You comp him to A.B., Antonio Brown. Quite possibly one of the best wide receivers we've ever seen play. Complete nutbag, but uh, I'm not comping Calvin Ridley to Antonio Brown. There's no – it's it's not possible. I, it's – I no, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I saw people even making the Michael Thomas comparison. They were like – No. And, and, I mean, Mike, Michael Thomas's peak was far higher and far more prolonged than Ridley. I mean, the nice side of this, I guess, is that, like – there was a very legitimate and still is very legitimate questions about Michael Thomas's physical health, right? Kelvin Ridley has not had the injury issues that Michael Thomas has. So that, that's sure. I like Calvin Ridley. I like to me, he's not, he's not a dynamic player. He's not, he doesn't create big plays down the field and he doesn't create big plays after the catch. He's, he's like a, he's a target earner, but he's to me more of like a, I don't know, some, somewhere between like a Deontay Johnson and a Keenan Allen type of player than he is, you know, a, a AB figure. I mean, AB was a dynamic weapon Even, that could create plays all over the field. I think maybe if you want to take a Pittsburgh wide receiver, I guess now Kansas City, a Juju-esque type player, 
maybe at his best, right? With with the production. He's a little bit in Juju, but right. But I think right around there, he's not going to be a top 24 wide receiver for me next year. There's no way. I think think he'll probably rank him as a low end wide receiver two next year, or maybe a mid wide receiver two. We'll see what the 20. I'll see what the 23 class has in store, but I, I, I don't think I can do it uh, at all. Okay, next trade. Who do you, you want to pick up next? Let's keep, let's keep yeah, it. Let's talk about Claypool. Or, oh, yeah, sure, Tony. Sure. Okay, we'll, do, we'll end on Claypool because that, to me, is the big one, not even Hawkinson. We're, we'll do – what time oh, yeah. is it? 51. Well, we got about 20 minutes left. We have time for Tony. We'll do Hawk because I think that one's hilarious, yeah. and then we'll, we'll end on Claypool. Uh, okay, let's talk Darius, your boy. Well, first off, Oof. we want to tip our hat to Sky Moore. You did your best. It was you the best of the... times. It was the worst of times. Yeah, you couldn't feel the punt to save your goddamn life. Uh, yeah. As a man who returned punts for seven years in actual competition, it's not an easy job. But when you scuff it enough times, the team hates you. Yes. So it's it's bad. Uh, Stop so... putting rookies on special teams. There's no Please. upside to it. You Just... can't score fantasy points on special teams, and then but you can make mistakes and get your coach to hate you. It's bad. Yeah. Especially returning punts. Like there's a reason. You know how we always go like, why is Cooper Cup back returning punts? Why is Antonio Brown back returning punts? It's because they know what they're doing back there. Having a rookie back there is just absolutely asinine. Returning kicks is different. That's a whole different skill. But stop putting rookie receivers and running backs back there to, to return punts. It's just stop a terrifying it. thing to do. I can't. Like, I I can't imagine. Did you do you remember the Naeem Hines quote where he was like, "When I'm returning punts, like I don't value my life or something." It was like this mm-hmm. insane quote. And I was like, That's oh how you're God. taught. That's, That's how we were taught uh, to return punts. Like just expect yeah. my my specialty little behind my special teams coach once told me because we had a new special teams coach we were playing when i was in the junior team here in winnipeg and they they uh, i was new special teams coach so i walked up to him was like what, what are your tips like got any tips he goes expect to die and i went thanks coach uh <laughs> like that was it there's no fear expect to die every time so i can't imagine that in the nfl but anyway so sky Moore had to die for now for Kadarius tony to potentially live this wide receiver room's a fucking mess by the way, honestly, we brushed past it, but that is one thing too that I think people do underestimate about the Heinz thing. I wouldn't be surprised if his impact on offense is less than you think. They only paid a sixth round pick. He's a really good punt returner. Yeah, exactly. It, it, these these teams uh, that that trade for these guys, it's because they're thinking about real football, and I think we but, have to take that into consideration. If he rips off one forty yard punt return in a playoff game, then that's worth the six round pick to them, even if he Easy. plays zero snaps on offense. If he doesn't fumble on special teams and pass blocks, right. I think they're going to be like, "We like this guy. Yeah. He was worth that sixth round they, pick." They, they have updated the their team depth chart to reflect him as their starting punt returner already. Exactly. So I I think you're right on that one. So all your leagues with points per return yards. Yes. There you go, Naeem Hines. Um, but yeah, yeah let, let's talk about Kadarius Tony. Uh, I want to keep my also now my, <laughs> my, my point on this is going to be quick. My point yeah. is going to be on this real quick. I think that I, I think you're kind of holding him anyway, no matter what. Maybe you can sell him if you can for like a second, sure. But that room is gross. MVS, Hardman, Juju, then Tony. Then of course you have Kelsey. They throw to Noah Gray. They use their running backs sometimes when they're not mad at them. And then now you, you have Tony. This is a, this is a mess. Like, I don't yeah, even... so first, first of a all, mess. I'm just going to put this out into the ether. Um, I mean, I love Sky more and I'm still not giving up hope for him in dynasty formats. I'm still keeping a candle on. I'll talk about it in a sec. First of all, 
if this happens this week, you can you can pull the clip. But I think that he's going to be a healthy and active uh, this Sunday yep. because uh, Kadarius Tony is going to come in as their punt returner. Um, I'm sure he'll play some snaps on offense. Probably not a whole lot. Uh, it's very complex. We'll have a package for him or something. Yeah. Obviously, Hardman, MVS, uh, and and Juju are, are obviously the main guys there right now. And then you add in uh, Christian, you know, Christian Watson. Watson or Sky Moore. Really, it's one of them for the fifth spot. And with Sky Moore no longer being the punt returner, he doesn't have any special teams value. You know, how much are they going to want to rotate him in? Maybe. But I think that it's probably 50-50 on whether or not he dresses this game. And we're going to have you know another conversation about that on Twitter. So what I would say basically is, if you've made up your mind on Sky Moore that you're out on Sky Moore, I, I would probably sell low then in the next four days. Because I think there's a very real chance that he's healthy scratched um, on Sunday. Um, yep. If you want to hold long on Sky Moore, I mean, I'm holding most of my shares. Uh, I don't you know, anticipate being offered any early seconds or anything like that. Then, then hold long. But I don't think it's a situation where you can expect to sell for more in like a couple of weeks than you will now. Like you are holding into the off season, I think at this point, if you're holding Sky more. Um, I've, yeah. I've tried to package him uh, with like another second round pick just to get another player. And it's worked a couple of times. I'm holding on to two shares. One, I tried to trade to you, but I just, I just missed, I just missed being able to do it by a day, by an yeah, actual yeah. day. I tried. Yeah, take a lot. So mad. I'm so mad I went to bed early that day because I think we would have got it done if I didn't. Um, But damn. Uh, But with Tony, I think the expectation, and you see it on every time there's a receiver thing in Kansas City, the next Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is proving there's one of him. He is one of one. And he is him. Like Tyreek Hill was my favorite, was my favorite. You, you on this show, that's too high. Oh, it's too high for Tyreek Hill was it. I was happy. I didn't fade. There's not going to be another one. That's running, that's running curl, curl routes 50 yards down the field. Cause he's dusting corners by 15 yards, getting underthrown by 20 and coming back to the ball to Moss a dude. It's, it's insane. He's, he's the drag <laughs> route King as well. Like I think that's like ridiculous. he's the absolute drag. route. There's not going to be another one. He's untackable. So we we can't say and Canarius Tony was really good in his, in that stretch for New York last year. Uh, Canarius Tony can do like one thing that Tyree Kill also does, which is that both of them have the same ability where like when they catch a five yard pass, it like looks like they're gonna get tackled immediately, and then insanely they like make like five other dudes miss, and then they get a first down out of nowhere. Like Canarius Tony definitely right. has that skill set. Like he is one of the best short area quickness agility players ever. I mean, absolutely. Like and and. I, Look, you can say small sample, whatever. I don't care. I needed a sample of like one. Like you watch that game against the Saints and you just watch like what he's doing. Like people don't move that way. <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's absolutely absurd. He's going to be probably a really incredible punt returner for them, assuming that he can catch the ball. But once he has the ball, he's probably going to do a lot of cool shit. I think they'll have a package for him immediately, right? I mean, Eddie Reed's very creative. He already uses Hardman in a lot of this stuff really effectively. And Canarius Tony's a more dynamic player than, than Hardman. So I think he's going to get a lot of these jet sweeps. He's going to get some of the tap passes. They're going to do some tunnel screens, some bubble screens, whatever. He'll have a limited package this year where I think they're just going to try and get the ball in his hands, let him do shit in space. Uh, that's going to have real football value for them. Again, these are these are teams competing for Super Bowl. If Canarius Tony plays 10 wide receiver routes, you know, well, let's say he plays 15 routes in every playoff game and 10 of those are him running a fake jet sweep from one end of the field to the other yeah. and not receiving the ball, but getting a linebacker to run with him for a little bit and then not run for the guy that actually gets the ball. And then the other five are screen passes or tap passes or whatever to him or end arounds. 
and you know he's able to break one or two for a couple first downs that that's a successful trade you know for how the Kansas City Chiefs are operating I don't think he's going to be an every week guy unless there's a couple injuries um you know MVS has the MVS has an every down role because he provides something that the rest of their team doesn't he's the one that gets downfield he's the run blocking receiver He's, yeah. he's, he's not a very good fantasy receiver, but, but he has an NFL role. You know, Juju is their most reliable option. I think Hardman and Tony will rotate in and out. But I think where you potentially see the dynasty value for Tony is, is of course, in 2023, if he can acquaint himself well with this team, if he can not be a lunatic, if he can, you know, be a guy that coaches like to have around, show off some of his natural talent. You know, Juju's not under contract after this year. Um Michael Harmon's not under contract after this year. The the wide receiver free agent class is, is, is quite poor this year. They just dealt picks for Tony. They just spent a pick on Sky Moore. Um, MVS under contract, but it's a very outable contract if they yes. want to get out of it. Maybe they don't, but but if they do want to, they could. And Tony's going to have an opportunity to earn a real role there next year. I think Sko is so aside more. Because the Chiefs ultimately, I think it would be, it would be very counterintuitive to me for the Chiefs to have made this bet this year of saying, you know what, we're not going to pay Tyree Kill, one of the best preeminent wide receivers in the NFL, all this money, because we have Mahomes and we have Andy Reid. And so we can find a way to create great offense without an elite wide receiver option. And they've been successful. They have the second most efficient offense in the NFL with this collection of dudes. And so then to be like, we didn't pay Tyree Kill $25 million a year, but we're going to pay Juju $15 million a year. It doesn't make any sense. No, it right? doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. And they're not going to – they wouldn't go in with that plan of mind to be like, we didn't want to pay the best wide receiver, but now we're just going to pay this other guy. No, they're going to keep piecing it together. And so I think Sky Moore and – Rookie contract. To this puzzle. But yeah, Tony, I mean, he's going to have two more years of cost control. He showed a lot in a small sample. And, you know, his issues have been injury, mental, whatever. It's, it's worth a shot. So – Am I selling Tony for like a third? No, I'd like to cash some shares out for, for seconds because I don't think that opportunities to sell a player who hasn't done much in two years for a second come around all that often, quite frankly. So that's I what, you're get, getting that's what that. you're rejecting him for anyway. Like it's right. It's so, often a player comes back to their linear value. Exactly. Which is pretty crazy. Yeah. So I, I'd get out for some twos, but I think there's legitimate upside. I mean, he, I thought there was a lot of legitimate upside coming into the year and it's not like he's done anything this year where it's like, always oh, bad. Like he obviously didn't get along well with the coaching staff. That's evident. They traded him and then he got hurt, you know, and is he always going to knock it along with people and get hurt? That seems like it's pretty possible, but in terms of what he's shown on the field, like he's never played and not been effective. So it's going to be fun. No, I agree. The, the, the one difference between Kadarius Tony and Tyree kill for me is they can both do that. Like catch, make a bunch of people miss just Kadarius Tony's like hamstrings don't stay together after he does it where Tyreek's does. So maybe, maybe, and who knows, maybe the, the injuries things was like, a, I'm on the Giants and I don't want to be thing. We don't know. We have mm-hmm. no idea. So we'll see. It tends to be a new contract and a <laughs> trade to a, for an unhappy player cures a lot of injuries. Right, it it just to be better. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I like the player, and I, I'm happy to see him move on. I, real quick, we can do Hawkinson. I don't think this one is like – a. it's a big deal in real football – I'm happy that we can finally put the super small, like the size of a slot receiver with the athleticism of a fullback to bed in Irv Smith. Like that's finally done. It's done. It's over. Yeah. It's, it's so done. And I'm happy. I cashed out almost every share. Yeah. I, have. I had two shares left last week. I sold one more for a 24 third. Oh, um, and, yeah. uh, and I think I have one left that I assume, will now, I assume I'll now take this last one to the grave. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> but, Better I'll drop them for James Mitchell. 
I think that I don't think it, I, I don't think Hawkinson's value really changes much personally. I think at his usage and everything, I think he'll still continue to be just like a mid-tier, very meh tight end. What I will be interested in, and I'll say this and I'll say it real quick, Lucas said this on the Full Tilt Shorts over on the YouTube page. He did a reaction video. He absolutely crushed it. Go check that video out. I think this is going to be a little bit of trouble for Adam Thielen and his inside the 10 touchdown variance. If you're going to use Hawkinson, you would think that's where it's going. But I have no... I. I don't know. I have no idea how they're going to use him. If if we want to do helmet scouting with O'Connell, maybe they use him like hate crime Higby and he's just like a dump off tight end screen guy from now on, but he's more athletic than Higby. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I think it's a mess. Uh, obviously he's the top 10 tight end in dynasty, but that's, that's just saying is what it is. It's yeah. just, I, I don't know. Nothing changes for him for me. I don't want him in the first place. I don't want him now. I think that's the easiest way I can put it. He's not. He's never been a dynamic player, other than like two games in his career where he he looked like he was like prime George Kittle. But all the other games that he's played, he's not been that. Uh, and he's he's been a volume play, but he's never been able to earn like the level of volume of like a Zach Ertz. You know, that's like yeah. like Zach Ertz is pretty much the only tight end I can remember that's been like a truly elite option at the position for any period of time when he was with the Eagles without actually being a dynamic player, without being able to do more than basically catch and fall down. And, and Hawk, like it, he's, he's probably just Hunter Henry, right? Like yeah. he's probably like, he's, he's a fine player. He's not a bad player. He's a good NFL player. He'll, he's helpful, but like, he's probably not that different than like a Hunter Henry, a Tyler Higby, you know, like, so to me, he's just now kind of in the morass of tight ends. You know, him and Fant, like supposedly, you know, go back to the 2019 class. Yeah. Very unfortunate. Um, I mean, look, here's tight ends I'd rather have than TJ Hawkinson if you can still sell him on name brand value. Okay. So I would gladly um, cash him in for one of the disappointing older gentlemen, uh, George Kittle or Darren Waller. I still think they have higher upside than TJ Hawkinson. I would love to sell TJ Hawkinson for injured David and Joku. He has flashed more. Yeah. Uh, just this year, frankly, than I think Hawkinson has ever flashed his career. I, I would trade TJ Hawkinson straight up for Greg Dulcich. I would have no issue with that. Um, I think that we're like that might Greg, be getting a hot take time. It, I think Greg Dulcich is like a top six dynasty tight end because Ooh. because tight end like tight end sucks. We know that tight end sucks. Think about the other options. Like it's like we have we have Andrews right, elite, fantastic. We have Pitts, elite peripherals, finally produced this week. It'll happen eventually. You know, Kelsey is a singular situation. He's the number one advantage of fantasy. Obviously, he's 34. But, but you know, those guys. And then it's like there's really no other tight end that, that you feel like is giving you an advantage week in, week out, right? So to me, it's like who's who is the better bet to become that elite guy? Who's the best bet to hold all that value? And, and I think you can make an argument in a number of different ways. But, like, you know, similar to a guy like Mark Andrews, but really similar to a guy like Mark Andrews, Dulcich was a guy who had sufficient but not elite athleticism, but yet he was able to win in a downfield role playing off the line of scrimmage in college. He comes in as a third round pick. He comes in as a rookie. He's immediately efficient. He's immediately earning volume. Like, I, I don't know. I'd rather just take a shot on that than like right. go for these like mid options that I, I can I'm, get the same production out of Tyler Higby. So, and I know that you don't have to do that. You can always get the plus on top. So I think that that's. You're like you're gonna for sure be able to get a plus on top on name value for Dulcich. I really believe in most leagues, right? Do you obviously have sharp leagues? You have however other 
uh, real diehard truthers. But I think with Hawkinson, you. But let, let's let's look at it. Let's look at him. Tight end four this year. He was averaging twelve point two points per game. That's a career high. Last year, twelve point one points per game. Eleven points per game. Six point seven points per game. His rookie year. It, it's it's not really impressive. You're absolutely right. So I I, I think you're right. I, this doesn't change my opinion of him. This doesn't change his value to me in dynasty. It just affirms being out on him in my opinion probably a downgrade in the sense that like justin jefferson is the best wide receiver on earth and like as much as i love him on st brown he's not justin jefferson and the lions didn't have any number two wide receiver at this point and right? let's Whereas let's the, just be straight you know, up feelings a lot better than any of the other options this is great for deandre swift this is great for amon ross st brown yeah. and this will be great for jameson williams if he gets on the field i think i think it, it really is the case and I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna start spreading the word. I'll let you do that. But the Lions have another pretty athletic tight end oh, baby. Uh, that will now be your third most rostered player in Dynasty as of tomorrow. I, I pray that he's first, but we'll see. I might have I might have I might have blown my load a little too early, giving out the James Mitchell tweets before waivers go through. <laughs> so maybe not. But look, J- James Mitchell through three years was one of the most productive tight ends in this class. He was, in terms of receiving yards for pass attempt, he was, after second and third year, really only behind Isaiah Likely and Greg Dulcich and Trey McBride in terms of his production profile. And what's fascinating about him as well, when you look at yards per reception, right? How, how are tight ends getting deployed? Are they dynamic downfield options? Second year at a high school, James Mitchell, 17.5 yards per reception. Third year coming out of high school, he was up at 17 yards per reception once again, right? That's the same kind of profile that drew me to being in on Greg Dulcich on draft season. That's the same type of profile that you're looking at in a Mark Andrews. Um, you know, these are the types of guys, Mike Kosicki, these are the types of guys that have that are fantasy-friendly tight ends. So, look, it, it could be totally nothing, but James Mitchell, to me, is a really fun bet. So bypass Brock Wright. I don't care about Brock Wright. He's a, he's a guy, okay? <laughs> He's a guy. There's a world that Brock Wright is a starting tight end for the rest of the year and, and for a little bit. That's totally fine. Whatever. Hawkinson missed last year. What did Brock Wright do for you? Yeah. Nothing. Agreed. Right? There's, there's yeah. no point. There's no upside there. Mitchell is either nothing probably, or he could be really fun. And like we always say, tight end sucks. So like if you want to take a bet on someone, I would always be willing to take darts at athletic tight ends with, with uh, dynamic abilities. So. Nope, I agree. I was, I was letting you get your shout out. And look, we're at an hour and 10. We still got to get through our player pick. Oh, yeah, let's run through real quick here. Uh, Chase Claypool is now a Chicago Bear. Oh, yeah. Uh, I liked I liked this move. I liked that the Bears did this. I don't like which pick they ended up trading away, but I think it ends up becoming whatever. They're obviously helping out Justin Fields, who's been elite the last four weeks, period, especially the last, like the last two or three absolutely elite now he he gets a receiver that's big he's fast we don't know if he's necessarily good but this is the first year of chase claypool's career where he hasn't commanded at least a 20 percent target share this is the first one he got he was getting phased out uh he had 305 uh snaps from the slot which i don't know if that can be expected in chicago uh with where they play mooney we don't know how it's going to work all we know is is that it is good for justin fields that's likely good for Chase Claypool. Because uh, we would say that uh, Justin Fields, better quarterback than what Chase Claypool has had. I think Certainly. we're 
are pretty good, especially when the play breaks down. Justin Fields is scrambling, big body, quick receiver that can be used in multiple ways. We saw the rushing touchdowns from Claypool, how the Pittsburgh used him. I think this is great for him. Uh, and I, I think he is a buy. I don't know what kind of bump you're going to be forced to pay to acquire him at this point. Or as NBA rigged had asked us where we would rank him. I'm not totally sure yet. The dust hasn't settled enough for me to really sit there and be like, Oh, he's my wide receiver blah, 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 uh, on the year. I have no freaking idea. Um, but as Lucas said, I like it better for fields than for Claypool. Maybe, um, Let's run through some, some thoughts of yours before I have to do I mean, one ad read and we do player picks. I mean, Claypool's pretty mid. Um, so, like, I don't he think is. he's a needle mover. Like, I think, you know, he was a guy where it's like if his value ever dropped to, like, being worth a round three pick, I think that's good because I think he's a good NFL player. And anytime you can get a young, good NFL player for that, you know, I would have been down. I, I don't think that he's, a, he's very likely to be a difference maker in fantasy. I just think he's too limited of a player to be that. It's, it's unlikely. But – you know, he could, could he be a wide receiver too? Maybe. Could he be a wide receiver three? Perhaps. Uh, wide receiver four? Most likely. Um, I, I think that he's a fine player. To me, I'm more excited about it from a field perspective, sim- similar to Lucas. Like, you know, people were panning this trade. I like this trade for the Bears. I understand that the higher ceiling move would be you draft a better wide receiver in round two next year than Claypool, and then you get cost control for four years. I understand that. This does not preclude them from that. They they just got a second round pick in the Roquan Smith deal. They still have their first round pick. They could still use either of those on another wide receiver. I hope they use one they on a receiver. Their, they traded the their they traded their second, not the right. Right, but I, right. No, but I'm saying they still have another second. Like they now had two seconds, oh. so they gave one for Claypool. I'm saying they could still draft another wide receiver with their other second, um, you know, or the first. I hope they draft an offensive lineman with the other of those two. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, the way I look at it is like. This team ultimately at this point, it needs to, the, the number one goal of this team right now should be evaluating and developing Justin Fields. And so everything should be viewed through that yep. lens, right? And to me, it's a little bit more important to secure that you're getting a real actual NFL player in Claypool than taking the shot of maybe that higher ceiling option, the rookie pick, because I think you want to let Fields have an opportunity to play with real NFL players that aren't yep. Equinemius St. Brown and Nikhil Harry. It's absurd. So Claypool is a real NFL player how good he is i'm not sure but he's an actual starting nfl wide receiver now they have two actual nfl wide receivers okay they still don't have a great one but that's a start they used to have one nfl player now they have two nfl players (laughs) that's improvement yeah it's definitely when when you're justin fields and you're looking out there and you see okay i got darnold that's pretty good and you look and you think you're gonna see like the kill harry and you're like fuck (laughs) oh then you look and you're like look over is that equinemia saint shit like you're happy that it's not them. You look, you're like, oh, it's, it's Chase Claypool. Like it's it's really good. Like I'm I'm happy with that. Yeah, Velas fucking Jones, Jesus Christ. And Clay, uh, I believe I think who was it? JJ Zacharyson, friend of the show, former guest. Check that episode out. Uh, it was really good. Uh, I believe he he said I couldn't resist tweeting that uh, Chase Claypool will be one year younger than Velas Jones. Uh, so there's that. I mean, the Bears kind of save themselves from themselves from drafting another shitty wide receiver next year. Maybe who not like it could work out that way. We don't know, but I think you're right. This isn't really a needle mover for Claypool. Not for me, not for you. Shouldn't be for most people. I think you should be happy that you can potentially move off of him. If he's on your roster, I think I'd be real more willing to hedge my bet that way than not. If someone's willing to bite the bullet. Um, but this is good for Justin Fields. And I think at the end of the day, that's what's important in this is that it being good for 
Justin Fields. Uh, I think that's it for the trades. Anything else you want to add in before we get our player picks in? Uh, no, I'm good. Let's do the picks. All right, let's do it. First, before we do the picks this year, if you can't tell, uh, right now, Jacob is trying, he's growing his uh, mustachio in. Shout out to you for that. I cheated uh, because, uh, look, I understand you're not supposed to, but I already had to fight a fight with the wife to even allow the mustache. So it wasn't getting shaved off to grow in. So this is what you're getting. But anyway, it's, it's, you know, it's in here. It's the effort. That's what matters. But this year you can actually donate with full tilt over at Movember. You can head to Movember and you can search up full tilt pod network on the site and donate there. I'll also pu- I'll also put the QR code. That'll also be up as well on the bird app in the main tweet. It's also my pin tweet at Thomas Tibble FF will be the same thing at dynasty tilt, but look, it's important. Um, it Movember is the leading charity uh, changing the face of men's health. Uh, we want you to help join us together so we can make a difference in men's health. I think it's very important this is not just for cancer. This is for uh, mental illness, every, everything else. It, it's just a phenomenal cause. And this year, we as a group wanted to uh, really try and do our part, whether it was with Brighter Skies and, and other charities that we've partaken in. Now we get the chance to do it with Movember, with you, with us. So again, donate. Every bit helps. Uh, it, it truly is amazing. And, and it goes to the right place. It's not a third party. It's coming it's straight from you. To the site, it's not you're not PayPaling us. There's no worry, but it goes straight to them. And at the end of the day, that's what it's about. So phenomenal. Very happy to be doing that this year. I'm going to leave that up uh, right there. Look, our player picks. We do this every week. We're going to get through this fairly quickly. So, you, uh, Jacob, I know you have a four and a half hour long podcast that you I have do, to go. And then on I got to write an assignment. So we got a triple header here. We got to so do we, this pod. We got to do another one. We got to write. Yeah, sweat, sweat and bullets is a routine. Two and a half hour must listen. Uh, at one point, I suggest 1.25, uh, me personally. But like every week we pick a quarterback outside of the top 15, a running back outside of the top 16, a wide receiver out of the top 24. And because it's an absolute hellscape, a tight end outside of the top 10, we tally the total points and pit it against each other. Last year, Billy absolutely dog walked us, so we changed the rules a little bit. Uh, and uh, now he's back in the lead again, because why the fuck wouldn't he be? Uh, coming up in third is 279.16 with Jacob. He had a very rough two-week stretch. Put him behind. I am in second at 402.98, and Billy is leading the way at 416.52. Billy is not here. I will read his picks uh, because he was ever so kind enough uh, to put them in for me. I just realized I didn't put mine in yet. Uh, my bad. I'll, I'll, I'll read I'll Billy's in mine, Billy. and you can come up with yours in a hurry. Um, so Billy is taking Taylor Heineke fresh off of helping the Colts get a higher draft position. He's taking Khalil Herbert, which just warms my heart. Uh, he's taking Josh Palmer. Shout out to Canada. Uh, you know, the Canadian day two wide receiver who did not get traded. And then he's taking a staple of the program, Evan Ingram. Can people just stop disrespecting Evan Ingram? Tom Reed, you're just putting the same quarterback that I already picked. Oh, um, my bad. <laughs> can people just stop disrespecting Evan Ingram and just rank him as a top 10 tight end? He's been, he's been off a double digit points like three or four weeks in a row now. Um, all right. My picks. So that's Billy's is Heineke, Khalil Herbert, Josh Palmer, Evan Ingram. My picks, despite Tom just attempting to steal him a second <laughs> ago is Derek Carr fresh off of his worst game of the year. Uh, Carr has been a solid 
QB2 option for the rest of this season. He gets a matchup that even Russell Wilson performed well in this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That could be a sneaky fun game uh, with two quarterbacks coming off a down performance. You know, I might I might be a little bit into that one in a DFS uh, situation as well. I'm thinking Antonio Gibson as my running back. They All they needed to do was make Brian Robinson their starter, give him all of the boring touches that they used to give Antonio Gibson, and then all of a sudden they figure out how to use Antonio Gibson. He's been more involved in the receiving game. He's been running more routes than J.D. McKissick. And so despite losing his job, he's gotten a much better job. Um, and, you know, it's a more volatile option. But I will take Gibson. I love how they're using him in the receiving game, especially in and around the red zone. I will take Devonta Smith as my wide receiver in a matchup against Houston. I'm expecting Stingley to be the primary cover on AJ Brown in this contest. And it seems like the Eagles, they almost, it seems like the Eagles know that depending on what they want to do in any given week, they can just have any of these three guys have a massive week. Like it feels like they're just yeah. toying with teams. It's like last week, they're like, let's just give AJ Brown the big week. And this week they're like, all right, let's get Smith involved. So it honestly feels like whatever they them. choose to do, they, they will accomplish. Like, I just want someone to keep up with them. Like that's, <laughs> that's all like, we need. That won't be Houston this week. That's for sure. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that Taysom Hill is just forever inside the top ten now. Like he I know. Someone posted that he's outscored Jonathan Taylor on the year, and that just feels so unbelievably disgusting. That is uh, sad. And you know what they say the definition of insanity is? It's doing the same thing and expecting different results. So I'm mostly so far behind because I keep taking these injured players who then don't play or get hurt. Uh, but I will do it again. Darren, well, I thought he was going to play last week. Um, it seemed like he was going to play. You've got practice yep. all three days. But they said that they uh, were going to give him one more week. I'll be honest. I have a lot of Waller in Dynasty. I was so happy that they gave him the extra week off because I felt like the odds of him re-aggravating his hamstring injury for seemingly a fourth time this year were very high if they rushed him back. I'm so happy that they gave him the extra week off. He would have done nothing because the entire offense did nothing last week. Anyway, he comes back in a nice, attractive matchup that Greg Dulcich just lit up. Um, hopefully, I think Waller has a nice week this week. To answer your question, uh, that's an interesting one. I'm not a super big fan of either of those players, but I would probably take Cortland Sutton. Same. I agree. I agree with that for sure. Uh, don't don't love either. Don't don't love either. Uh, and yeah, those are good picks. And look, my super quick picks. Look, it's it's a lot to get this show put together sometimes. And I meant to do this, and then I completely forgot. So I'm going to rush through these. Uh, I'm taking Andy Dalton as my quarterback. Uh, <laughs> it is it is Baltimore. Uh, but look, the you team love is picking good. against your own team so Al- much. Olave, it's reverse jinxing. At least if I lose here, the Baltimore Ravens should win. But look, the the Ravens did get Roquan. We don't know if he's how ready he's going to be. They activated uh, Bowser and um, uh, the rookie they drafted, whose name is escaping me right now. But uh, Andy Dalton has Olave, potentially Michael Thomas. Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara. So he could accidentally have a decent enough week for me not to absolutely regret this. And again, if the Ravens pick him off four times, I'm still happy. So whatever. I'm taking Devin Singletary, even though they traded for Neem Hines, Singletary still has a really good matchup. Uh, they, the bills aren't a team that likes to take the pedal off the, uh, off the gas. So hopefully he comes through. I'm taking Juju here. He's the one, he's the first player outside of our zone. I'm going to take him. He could have a big game. I'm hoping he has a big game. Just needs a touchdown. That's all I need. And I'm actually going to take Isaiah likely. Here's why they have no fucking receivers in Baltimore outside of Duvernay. So there's no way Isaiah likely is getting shut out. And the way this offense runs, he may end up scoring in the end zone. Worst case scenario, I'm like 50 points behind Billy. So it's make upable. This is this is what you get uh, when 
you wait too long to put your picks in. You get the shittiest matchups. Uh, Tom, shout out to your Baltimore uh, getting Roquan. I, I don't know. I wouldn't, I would like to have not have traded a second round pick for an off ball linebacker, especially one that struggled for two years, but hopefully he's good. He helps solidify them. Him and Patrick queen. Maybe that means, uh, I don't know. Chuck Clark can get the fuck off the field because man, he makes me want to puke. And real quick, obviously we are with, um, uh, underdog fantasy, not forgetting it this time. If you haven't played underdog fantasy before, Pick'em is a great way to get more involved with your games, and you should be playing along with us. Every week we take three underdog picks. We put them in, we we enter them, and we encourage you to go and do the same thing. If you haven't played before, use promo code FULLTILT, F-U-L-L-T-I-L-T. They will deposit match you up to $100. You should be doing that. It is a great time. Lots to tilt about. Uh, I have the player picks uh, real quick. I see you did not make one. At least right oh, down. You go I, first. You go first. We're just rotating segments I, of being unprepared now. I picked Billy's for him because he's not here. He doesn't get a say. So if this one doesn't come through, um, blame Billy, not me. Sam Ellinger under 206, 206 and a half passing yards versus New England. I think this is an absolute lock. New England is a good defense, even if their offense makes you want to vomit. Uh, I think holding him under that is, is definitely a lock as Jacob picks his ear. Uh, and my pick is I'm taking PJ Walker under 195 and a half passing yards. He's only hit 200 yards twice in his career. One of them was last week, an obvious career high. He is a tough matchup this week against Cincinnati. Going to be pissed. Uh, they have an elite pass rush. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But I'm going to go with the under at 195.5. Jacob, you're real quick over under. I gotta stick with the uh, I gotta stick with the bit here. Um, and that is, you know, my continued centrism of Gabriel Davis, whichever way the pendulum swings, I got to be on the other side. No, I will take the under on Gabriel Davis, 58 and a half receiving yards this week. I like Gabriel Davis. However, what we saw last week was Jair Alexander matched up with Gabe Davis a ton because they moved digs all the way around the formation. They play the New York jets and sauce Gardner this week. I expect to potentially see a similar thing where they take great care to have Stefan Diggs move all over the formation in the slot all around, get him on favorable matchups and sort of just use Davis as a sacrificial lamb um, to the sauce slaughter. Uh, and it's almost similar to what we saw in the Broncos game where Sutton was playing that split end position, just absorbing Gardner coverage. And Judy was the one getting the targets because they were moving him around more, spreading the ball out to him and Greg Dulcich. So give me Gabe Davis under 58 and a half. If he ends up seeing a lot of sauce, it's not going to be pretty. That guy is honestly, he might already be the best cornerback in the league. It's unreal. He's very good. Also, shout out to Jacob for completing a trade live on air. That's true. Uh, I did, yeah. That, that just went through. Uh, it's Fournette and Gallup. You traded away for Watson, a 23 third and a 24 second. I think that's a good deal. Uh, I just, I love that you're. I'm not a lot of Christian Watson all of a sudden. I don't know how this happens. You are never not on your value uh, game. Uh, look, that's it. That's Flounderdog. Put those picks in. Play with us. Remember, if you lose, we lose too. So remember that as you are yelling at us on the internet. Jacob, final thoughts before we get out of here? No, man. Fun trade deadline. I love that the NFL has just decided to be the NBA now um, and just have like a gazillion trades. Uh, you know, I would say embrace that in your teams. You know, I think the best thing is to be active. You know, be be intentional. Be doing something. Look at your team. Try to do something. Try to make your team a favorite if it's a contender. Try and, you know, take your team. Tank it out if it's not doing anything. Do something. Um, that would be my advice for the next couple of weeks. Otherwise, have fun. Enjoy another great week of games. Yeah, I, I absolutely I, I, man, I agree with mostly everything you say. It's just sometimes I don't get the opportunity often, but I got to rub those W's uh, in the old wounds of a, like a 14 K follower account. Now I got to, 
I got to get those in, get my numbers up, you know, for us, for us small guys here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, and my, my final thoughts are generally always the same. And it's check in on your loved ones, especially again, it's November. It's important. Men's health. Talk about it. There is a stigma forever uh, that men can't talk, can't talk to one another, can't talk to other people. And it is a massive problem. This month is a very good month to, to reiterate that you can, you should, and, and it will help. Uh, I think that's important. And again, with November, uh, we can't, we can't wait to keep this train going and you're going to get sick of me talking about it, but I'm not going to be sick of talking about it. And that's something uh, for sure. I always say on the show, check on your, check in on your loved ones, even if you're not sure they need it, man. I mean, um, even, even on the, um, oh my gosh, I'm losing my thoughts now. Um, takeoff, right? Rest in peace to takeoff, right? Amigos. Yeah. It, it's, it's unbelievable. You don't, anything can happen and we, and we don't know. So check in on your loved ones all the time and shout out to everyone going through that. It's just absolutely brutal that this stuff keeps happening, but football is fun. Football is a great time. We have another great week. Let's hope for a lot more points. Remember that the Debbie show is out tomorrow. The walkabout is on Friday. And you can find me uh, Sunday with Chase doing the start shit over there. Start, oh, start and sit over there. Fantasy intervention. Remember that clear eyes and full hearts can never lose in your best days. Well, goddamn, they're always been tilting. Good night. See you later, Jacob. Hey, thanks everyone for watching. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that bell to be notified every time we go live, every time we post a new video. Look, we're posting 8 to 12 videos a week, minimum. Uh, new content, clips from our pods, uh, links. It's all over there. Make sure to head over to Fantasy Points as well. They're doing everything from college football to everything else you need to know. Fantasy football related. We love each and every single one of you, and we will see you guys on the next show. Good night, everyone, for real.